Welcome back to the Cross the Browns podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, joined today, as always, by the fresh haircut, John Cleveland Spider Kaufman. John, how you doing? Doing great, man. How about you? Excited to be in Cleveland next Thursday through Saturday for the draft. And then I walk for graduation on Saturday, so it's going to be a really busy weekend. Congrats, um, man. Really, uh, very cool. Yeah, huge weekend. Huge weekend for the Browns. Yeah. Huge weekend for you. Already, huge weekend for Cleveland, the city of Cleveland. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I we Julia and I honestly almost bought tickets to the Indians Yankees game for Saturday. It's Bieber versus Cole, I believe. I believe, wow. or it might have been last night. Regardless, Saturday's tickets are twenty two dollars right now on SeatGeek. Um, but she has something going on on Saturday, so we can't go. But would have been super fun, super fun. Today, we're going to be doing a seven-round mock draft for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, We're going to be using PFF's mock draft simulator. We're not going to be focusing so much on what they grade us. Uh, We might take it into account a little bit, but John and I feel comfortable with, you know, what picks we're going to make, I'm sure. Uh, This is just the easiest way to be able to make trades. It's I think this is the best functioning mock draft simulator by far. And um, they, in the past, have done a pretty good job of accurately depicting where people might fall. Uh, a couple outliers here and there, obviously. So, I put out a tweet. I put it out a little late. We might have some listener questions towards the end. But if not, we're going to get right into it. I think John has a question for me. But then we're going to get right into the the mock draft. Yeah, so we're going to... Um... I'll ask this question and uh, you'll give an answer. I'll give an answer as well. And uh, so real simple, just uh, before we begin the mock draft, like which, um, which prospect in, in, in a realistic sense, right? Like, so I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Kyle Pitts or, you know, anybody that's obviously going to go in the top, you know, five, six, seven, eight picks or whatever, but which realistic prospect would you be personally just over the moon excited that they fell to 26 you know, if you were Andrew Barry, you'd just be like beside yourself, running the card up. Um, not only to draft the player, but just so excited that it actually it's the the number one person on your board that you you know thought maybe had a chance to make it to twenty six actually did. Who would that player be for you? I think there are like three scenarios that I run through with this. It's if I okay. want, if I want the safe. Safe pick. I think that this makes the defense one of the more terrorizing ones in the NFL. I think it probably boasts them into top-tier defensive consideration if they can still get the outside help. I think Quiddy Pay at 26 is something that's very... Uh, it's an exciting idea. You have Clowney, Garrett, and um, uh, Quiddy Pay on the same line. Because it's not like... When you draft Quiddy Pay, he's playing... He's playing week one. He's probably starting. If not, he's going to get significant roles. Like he's ready to play in the NFL. So if I want the safe, we want this defense to be, uh, you know, you want a Tampa Bay style defense. We're going Quiddy Pay. Also, Quiddy Pay, Miles Garrett for the next four or five years is very, very ideal. That's ideal. If I want the, this guy's got serious potential. It's at a position of great need. The the biggest need on the Browns. The biggest need in the NFL. That's Caleb Farley. I, I, there's nothing on film that says do not draft this guy. I, I mean, if you watch the film and then look at the look at the the the, the story, he, he is the pick. He is the pick because 
He's played one year at cornerback, and he was absolutely dominant. Probably the most talented cornerback in this class, and he's played one year. Injuries hurt. Opting out hurts. You know, playing in the ACC, it's not the it's not the strongest of it. It's not the strongest conference in college football. So that's a really boomer bust pick. I don't see the Browns and Andrew Berry making that pick. I do, it just doesn't analytically make sense to risk a twenty six round pick for that. If they trade out of the first round and he's still there, I think that's the pick because it's kind of like a Grant Delpit situation. Um, Point. The absolute most fun one. This is. You are Super Bowl contenders that night. Rashad Bateman at 26. I mean, there's mm. not... I think... I honestly feel like Rashad Bateman might be the second best wide receiver in this class. Uh, I Devontae Smith's size scares me. I mean, there are definitely wide receivers that are 220 pounds that can't get off a block at the line of scrimmage, can't get off of a cornerback, whatever. He's 160 pounds. It, it's, it's just scary. It really is, I think... You know, if you're someone that says our Darius Washington's too small, then you have to start thinking like, well, Devontae Smith weighed 160. Like, that's that's scary. But his separation is uncanny. Like you, there's obviously super high potential there. Um, and Jamar Chase, I think, is probably better than Rashad Bateman. But I just think Bateman can do it from every single spot on the field. Like Jarvis, you know, needs a breather. You need him to play inside. He's got it. You know, he's. Uh, Averaged, I think, the most yards per catch or yards per... His yards per attempt or yards per catch were like 20 last year, I think. Rashad Bateman. So, absolutely insane. Um, OBJ is one of the better deep threats in the NFL. If I'd say OBJ is the best overall deep threat. And by that, I mean... Oh, Tyreek Hill. By that, I mean OBJ is a deep threat. But he's also, you know, talent-wise, a top 10 wide receiver at every other skill. So, having those two together... For you know the foreseeable future, I don't see them getting rid of OBJ. Uh, he's he's underpaid right now with the wide receiver market. Um, right. I think that Bateman is the you know this is a Super Bowl team. Quiddy Pay is uh, we want that stout defense that you come to Cleveland you're going to get hard. It's going to be cold as hell. You're not going to win. Uh, it's going to be a grinder, and that really fits the offensive style that the Browns play. Or uh, Caleb Farley, boomer bust. I don't see that one happening. It's just really fun. Sorry, yep. John. That was a really long answer. Um, I mean, it's you, Chandler. Like, it's kind of our thing. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. like, a turtles apologizing for having shells on their backs, man. It's just like, <laughs> you know, sorry, man. I just carry my home with me. It's cool, dude. It's cool. That's what you are. It's what you do. So, yeah, no worries. Uh, you know, people, uh, the fans all the, the tens of them out there i mean they love the <laughs> answer so don't worry about it but um so and that's good and i um like quitty pay makes a ton of sense i mean he you know he's definitely at the top of my list uh aziz ojalari is even though he's a little small and he might be like i don't know like technically like a three four outside linebacker or something and and so you're gonna have to figure out how to fit him uh, I mean, maybe he just is successful because he's playing opposite Miles Garrett. So uh, who knows? But but for me, it's uh, J.C. Horn. Like, mm. I don't think that'll happen. And then maybe I'm cheating because I said who has a realistic chance to fall. But I think he has a realistic chance. I mean, if if Farley, if some team, and it just takes one, obviously, one team goes, you know what? We like the medicals. It's fine. We're not worried about it at all. Like you said, he has the tape. I mean, he looks good on the field. I mean, yes, he opted out, but, you know, he looks great in 2019. So, you know, Farley goes, um, and we know Sertan is almost a lock to go. I like, I, I think it's like every mock draft has him Cowboys. going 10 to the uh, Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
They had uh, every mock draft last year to the Cowboys had a cornerback too, and they didn't do it. So that's a good point. Uh, and they probably, uh, it's, I guess CD lamb fell to them though. Like, you well, don't... that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like he absolutely fell. And then the other thing was the Raiders taking, the, oh, it was the, um, the Clemson corner was like, Oh, I was like, Whoa, nobody yeah. had a day one grade on him. Nobody. Like it was just hysterical. So, but, um, yeah, it was, he, he threw everything off. That's for sure. So, but, uh, oh no, was it the Ohio state one? Damon Arnett. Yeah, it was Might Damon Arnett. They took, it was 2019. So, it was 2019. Like, they took the, uh, they took the Clemson guy, right? Yeah. Trayvon Mullen. 2019. That's it. Thank you. I would not have remembered his name. So, nope. but regardless, so, you know, and then like if Newsom, I mean, Newsom's definitely a nice prospect and I think he's, he could be like a scheme fit. Some team that's like, yeah, you know, that's like, we want to play, um, like we play man a lot or we need somebody like that's that sticky. And so he just could be somebody that falls. So if horn fell to 26, like that would honestly, that's the number one best case utopia scenario for me. Like if I was Andrew Barry, I'd be like, I ca- I cannot believe this just happened. Like we just got, you know, so lucky. Um, and I think the other reason he could fall is um, he, you know, the, the number of quarterbacks, like we know there's going to be, you know, four or five, you know, maybe six probably a reach in the first round but you know four four is a lock five is definitely a realistic possibility you know you got the offensive tackles you've got the receivers like we know that the big you know the top three are going to go bateman could be uh, elijah moore could be rondell moore um so and the guys like that and they're just gonna you know kyle pitts uh michael parsons is gonna go like there's just gonna be so many guys that go that push other players down and if if that player is horn and the browns are on the clock uh 26 and horns on the board like I'll just be I'll just be doing laps around First Energy Stadium. I mean, I just like I can't wait. Like that would be incredible. So, uh that is my long-winded uh, answer for just one player, JT Horn. So, favorite player. I think it's my favorite player in this draft to be honest with you. So, Ooh, mine's really Asante Samuel, but I don't I see him taking it. No, I think yeah. And I don't think that's know. a dream scenario at 26. I think that's a right value, perfect value. Here for Asante, and then we'll get the draft started. If Asante, the way the Browns draft Samuel is if somebody, like, let's say Buffalo or early second round, yeah, calls and says we need to have you know X player that's on the board, and the Browns are like okay, and they drop back to like 34, 35, 36, and then you know nobody takes Samuel and he's the next best corner like that. You know that's probably one of the easiest ways to imagine uh, Asante Samuel in a Browns uniform. In so what's 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 worrisome is that at, at the end of the first round, you know, the mm. Saints are notorious for trading up. They're a football run team, not super analytically based in the draft. Uh, but they're only two yeah. spots back. So what is that? What's that compensation look like? Probably not that good. Um, a Buffalo trade up would be huge. That's four spots back in the first round. Drop into the end of the first round, you're probably getting a future second. Uh, this year's third. I, you're going to get something decent. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I guess let's start the draft. You want to trade up to number one? Yeah, I think we got to go get our quarterback for sure. So, let's... Uh, we will not trade up, and the Browns uh, will not be trading up. I am not trying to act holier than thou, everyone. But I'm telling you right now, if the Browns trade back, just like I said with Zayvon Collins, I'll do the WAP dance, eat a ghost pepper, jump in a Lake Erie that night. Okay. 
At 26, uh, first few picks before us were Christian Barmore. Wow. Carlos, Carlos Basham Jr. <laughs> to the Steelers. Steelers have done. Who? Steelers are not a good drafting team early rounds. Wow, look at. So Nick Bolton's going to be the third linebacker taken by pick 21. Because I got to imagine Parsons went before Koromoa. Micah Parsons at eight. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty realistic. I mean, this is about how I expect it to go. It's Waddle Parsons, Slater. That makes sense. The Broncos take the tackle. I think Devontae Smith to the Cowboys would be huge for the Cowboys. Uh, Give Rashad Bateman an 11. Would they ever do that? That seems so bizarre. Like, after they'd have four receivers that you could realistically. Yeah, but you could ship off Amari Cooper. That's I think he gets almost paid eighteen to. million a year, twenty million, doesn't he? Almost have to. Um, Trade uh, or honestly, Gallup. I mean, Gallup's yeah. great, but if you could have Devontae Smith and Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott and Zeke, and that's that's the NFC uh, East winner for sure. Anyway, so my boy J.C. Horn went seventeenth to the Raiders, of course, because they pick a corner every year, and they he pick will not. Year, so they need one every wait, year. Wait, where'd Sertan go? Okay, I don't see them picking. Um, so here's the thing: I, I guarantee this happens. The Raiders will pick a big school prospect. It's it's every year they focus on Clemson, Alabama. I guess not the Raiders in specific, but Mayock and Gruden historically are just like that so anyway at pick 26 um obviously to me right off the bat you know quitty pay stands out i know you're a newsome guy what are your first thoughts and we have a trade the buffalo bills are willing to trade and the Bengals at 38 are willing to trade both both good trade backs in my opinion what do we get for the bills if we uh so we yeah, can try a couple we would have to yeah. offer 26 so we get 30 and then what would you want to Add in on that. So if we got, I mean, if we got 93, I'd be over the moon. That's for sure. If, um, I think that'll go through. If not, we could give them 110. I, I think so we could get through with them. giving them one of these. You want to, you want me to try this? Try 30. Yeah, because here's the bottom line before we, uh, what's it called? Oh, they accepted it. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, that's phenomenal. So you talk um, while we trade back. Greg Newsom. still looking there. at the board the way it was, like the, um, you know, when we were at 26, like, so Newsom's on the board, obviously, still available. Uh, Quiddy Pay, Jason Owe. Like, if, if we're in a situation where Pay and Owe are both on the board, 26, and somebody wants to, you know, trade and drop us down four picks, or whatever, like, no, yeah, no problem because I'd be just fine with either one of those. Um, I mean, okay, we so- talked about it, like, I like Newsom, but I uh, passing on somebody like Quiddy Pay here, I just That's, think would be... So I'm going to give you yeah. and the listeners my reason for why I wouldn't go Newsom here. There is still a cornerback market out there right now. Guys like Sherman, guys like Steven Nelson. There are cornerbacks that can play in the NFL today. Whether you don't like their speed with Sherman, whatever it is, Greg Newsom likely does not come in to the NFL ready to go. It's just not very often that you get a guy like for the Browns fans, Denzel Ward, who was just week one, ready to go. I mean, he lit up the Steelers like week four or whatever, three, three, he lit up the Ravens. That doesn't happen almost ever. Um, and then there's also the Northwestern factor. I know is it Pat Fitzgerald, right? That's his name. The 
the culture that he creates and the defense that he has, those guys are monsters. But they're just not, you know, predominantly known for kicking out NFL ready prospects. So that's my first opinion. Then you look at a guy like Quiddy Pay or Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore gives you that speed, but he plays a slot. You know, I, it's just like he doesn't. To me, he doesn't have that juice to pass up on a guy like Quiddy Pay at 30. He just doesn't. Um, let's see, 98. Yeah, they're about the same age, Owe and Pay, so nothing, no real difference there. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass up on uh, a guy like Quiddy Pay for sure. I, I think, you know, we put him at number one in our um, edge rusher rankings for a reason. Um, you know, and by the way, if you guys haven't, you know, checked out that show, definitely give it a looks. Uh, yeah, the rankings, you know, all 10 of our, our top 10 rankings for edge rushers, uh, we have that in there. And uh, obviously a much deeper breakdown, pros and cons for each player. So since the Browns are in the market for an edge, definitely check out that show. I'd go um, with more over, I'd go with Rondale over Elijah Moore, by the way, if it were me. Just so people know that. Uh, value wise i agree absolutely so i think more might be a little more versatile and what he can do uh sorry rondale Moore might be a little bit more versatile in what he can do not that i don't love i mean elijah moore is great i i he's fine but i think uh value wise yeah so so for me it's pay here i don't know if you you know Yo, hate that 100 percent. no, no. I, would, I would go with i would trade up for quitty pay and i hate trading up like and i say that because that's how i value him Okay, okay, so oh, right now, right at the top of the board, right there's there. going to be a lot of people, and John might be one of them that wants to take Davis or Cox right here. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at it like Friermuth, value wise, I just saw um, Sharp, um, Sharp Analytics tweeted out John, guess what the position of highest fifth year retention is for a drafted player? So which position group gets their their fifth-year contract? Exercised? Yes. Most. Um, I would say something. Say uh, offensive tackle? It's tight end by the largest margin. The 80%. 80% of first-rounders. And Pat Fryermuth, I don't know why he's dropped off this much. If I'm going to be quite honest, Mm. if I'm picking a tight end... Yeah, you know, obviously I'm not going to pick Pratt Fryermuth in the top 10. Here's the problem with Kyle Pitts for me and why I don't think that he's necessarily higher than Fryermuth as a tight end. We've seen guys that come out of college positionless and they don't make it because he's not fast enough to get past safeties and corners in the NFL. And he's not just going to be able to jump over every single player in the NFL. This is a different breed of athlete once you jump up there. And he's not big enough to bully around these you know bigger linebackers or whatever so that worries me like isaiah simmons we thought he was going to come be defensive rookie of the year he didn't even get on the field so defensive like positionless players are just starting to scare me unless they have a position that they can 100 play and i don't think pitts can 100 play tight end i don't think he can 100 play wide receiver there's obviously a chance he succeeds wherever he goes if they can get him in open space one-on-ones he's gonna win some but do you know what i mean kind of like so yeah. I, that was a long-winded. I don't want to get into that. I don't know why I got into that. Anyway, I, what I was trying to say is at 59, I really like Fryermuth. I really like Jamar Johnson. I love Ardarius Washington. Honestly, still love Peyton Turner. I don't know that I love a linebacker here. And the Browns, Andrew Barry, went in a front office, has never picked a linebacker above the third round. Yeah. Um. Well, 
I will say this, uh, Jamin Davis to me is beyond special. Uh, like this is a guy who, you know, looked good at Kentucky and then the pro day stuff, his testing, his vertical, his, uh, you know, 40, all of it was just off the charts. Really, really good. And I get it. Like, I understand how, um, you know, we'll go over the trade stuff in a second too, cause that looks enticing, uh, especially since there's a few players we like on the board here. Um, but yeah, like, know that you know the browns are you know they're not going to take a linebacker in the first round it definitely seems like that and i I'd, I'd be shocked i'd be very shocked if they did and especially with like a guy like owusu koromoa who we've talked about before we like but like he's kind of in between positions where he's like a nickel safety kind of guy so you know i don't know i just don't see them spending a pick on you know a first round pick on someone like that but um but it like you do they do need to address obviously linebacker like they you know, maybe they got lucky with Phillips last year. Uh, he definitely showed some promise, that's for sure. But Davis is just a different dude. Like, I, I just – the I can't remember who it was, but he, he comped him to, um, like, Darius Leonard from the Colts. It's like, if you, if you got lucky and took Darius Leonard with the 59th pick in the draft, like, it, that's – your defense is set. You have a quarterback for your defense, you know, for the next five years minimum. Here's the problem. And this is going to probably spice you up. I don't know that the Browns need to address linebacker. And we don't need to harp on this forever because we got to move on. But there are five guys that are, there are four guys that are playable. Not not at high levels, but they are NFL playable. And that's Malcolm Smith, especially in coverage situations. It's Jacob Phillips. Seems like he's going to be playable. Runs all over the field. Very athletic. You have... um, Taki Taki, who has got to be run run game dominant, but still like a long way to go. I just, especially after Woods just came out yesterday and said we want to play six defensive backs, like not like we want to incorporate more, like we want to play three corners, three safeties. And last year was the lowest rate that he ever did that, and that's because they didn't have any corners and safeties. So I just don't know that they need to address like if I'm if I'm. You know the safety gr- the safety group for the Browns right now is pretty loaded. Um, adding a guy like Jamar Johnson d- definitely enhances that. The corner group needs help, but if I can get a corner or two in free agency, draft one, draft a safety, and then run out there with Malcolm Smith and Jacob Phillips, I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm not happy, right? But I can get over it. If we can trade back and Davis is there, at like or Cox is there later on. I just I just don't see like until mid to late third round a linebacker being of value to a Joe Woods defense. I understand Davis is amazing, but yeah. What's the uh, what's the trade scenario? Jacksonville to sixty five. So we we drop down to sixty five. We could probably swoop up in next year's third to do that as well. And try it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because John, like we could walk away with Cox, Johnson, Davis. Yeah, that's nice. And these are realistic trades too, people. Like you might think, wow, that's too easy. This happens every year. The Browns did it last year. That's why we're picking at yeah. ninety-one this year. So you get an extra. We got an extra third-round pick, and we still have, uh, you know, three of the players we just went through. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. Okay, go ahead. Here, I'm going with Jamar Johnson because you're gonna get size, and you're gonna get probably the best coverage safety in this draft. Um, if you, if I were doing this alone, I'd be going with our Darius Washington, but I know that's risky and I know you don't like that. So I'm not even going to rent because I know it's really risky. It's super risky. Um, 
I mean, I would flirt the idea of Davis. I really would. Oh, j let's listen. I like Davis personally. Like Davis more than any of these players on the board right now. But Jamar Johnson, like the one thing I don't think the Browns really have is sort of a center fielder safety. Like, and Johnson could be that guy. Like, he's definitely not the 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 box style safety like um uh like John Johnson is obviously yeah. that you know we haven't seen him play yet in the Browns uniform but of course you know he looked he's looked great with the Rams of course so um but yeah so I would say let's go with Johnson like you you it's a position of need you need that special uh type of player for specific I should say um you know sort of a center field kind of roaming safety and uh that's what he can be for sure so we got an yeah. extra third round uh pick next year to do it so Jamar Johnson not it bad. Is. I think that oh. with very nice. Oh gosh. Oh my god. Dude, we don't even need to talk about it. Just want to draft Swing. him. That's oh my god. J Davis at an eighty nine. I oh is there any god. way that happens realistically? Do you think? I think it. It's probably a long shot, but I don't think it's like a zero percent chance. So his pro day, though, man. Every he's on on the field, though. He's not this dominant pro day guy. I'm not saying he can't get to that, but the reason mm -hmm. he's dropping in these mocks is because like he never did anything on the field. That's like this guy needs to be a top round two pick. Like right, not never. Right. Um, but his speed, you just hope with a guy like Joe Woods, like and there are a couple other defensive coordinators in the league that could take him and really mold him into something. But like if he comes to the Browns, Joe Woods isn't going to say. Sit, sit five yards behind. Sit five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like you're not just going to be a box linebacker. Like you're going to be all over the field, running left and right, dropping into coverage, blitzing like crazy. Like he's going to never have Davis standing still because that's a waste. That's a waste. Davis would be the most athletic guy on the team day one. So that's that's why he's not getting picked earlier in these mocks. Like we see the pro day. This happens every year. We saw DK Metcalf's pro day, and people are like. Hey, there's a real chance DK Metcalf's good, but he hasn't shown us anything on tape. He had dropped passes. He couldn't run more than one route. Obviously, it worked out, but these yep. are the reasons these guys drop. So, Agreed. Um, here, I like Kelvin Johnson. He had a lot of, he had a couple of really good games, but too many, yeah, too many drop offs in my opinion. Um, I really like Tay Gowan. I think him dropping out of the season last year really affected his draft stock. I like him. Milton um, Williams feels like a guy that that Andrew uh, Barry and them would love. Dude, like, his pro day. He's strong. He's powerful. Good head on his shoulders. Um, can you sort by position real quick? Can you, uh, like the remaining players, can you look at wide receiver? I think Josh Palmer's the top one. Yeah, I don't love any of these guys. Yeah. Okay, There's. we can wait Especially on that. Especially a oh, guy like... Rogers is still there, yeah. Got yeah, like Amari Rogers, Jonathan Adams Jr. Yeah. still. Anthony Schwartz monster. is the fastest guy that we might ever yep. see in the NFL. We've talked about him before for sure. He's uh he um, could be a target leader. What about interior D line? I think it'd be Milton Williams. Milton Williams. Yeah. I like oh, I like Marlon. I think he's Zua. Okay. All right. I like a lot of these then, guys. Um, I really like how about corner. You're done with this one. That's something that we could. Uh, oh, it's showing so both. I really like. I really like Benjamin. So, oh gosh, hopefully that didn't do anything. Yeah, same juiced, absolutely. So the biggest thing with him is that, and he went to the Senior Bowl. He got, I believe, he was the highest graded one-on-one -on -one guy there. Yeah, six three, two o five. 
one-on-ones was the highest graded corner in attendance at the senior bowl. So what that tells me is we need a second outside guy. Like, like you need oxygen. Greedy could be it. Greedy was one of the best college corners we've ever seen. He had one of the best seasons you'll ever see out of a cornerback in college football history. Obviously, until people start to get better and better in 20 years. Absolutely dominant. Came back the year after that. Just wasn't it. Just wasn't there. And obviously, a lot of honestly, a lot of that was probably, hey, I got to go make, I got to go make my money. Mm-hmm. Get in your own head. Play safe. Whatever. St. Jude's is good. I don't know that we need to. Well, so we got two picks. So we're really we're picking for two guys. We have 91 and 93. I'd like to walk away from these two picks with a corner uh, and someone for the uh, interior D line. Like Milton Williams really stands out. I feel like I'm Williams okay with Milton Williams. Pick here so that we could take the best corner we like at 93. He had um, a 38 inch vertical at 284 pounds. It's. Um, it's- he, what Milton Williams does is that if he gets drafted this year, he likely won't play a lot. At the beginning, Malik Jackson is just like, room Milton Williams, make him elite. Andrew Billings, make Milton Williams elite. And Andrew Billings and Milton Williams aren't really going to be, you know, playing identical play styles. Right. Um, Clowney is going to be able to teach Milton Williams a lot. Clowney's had a lot of, a lot of experience at the three technique playing with the Texans, hand in the dirt. Just being able to use your explosiveness to get into the pocket. Like, Jadavian Clowney is far from elite at shedding blockers and just getting by guys. But his his motor and, like, he's just an absolute tank. He's able to push people back into the pocket, be able to beat guys off the edge. That's kind of what Milton Williams, you know, that's what I foresee Milton Williams being, like an absolute... I'm just going to beat you with athleticism. A lot of times I'm going to collapse the pocket. I'm going to make people move. So you have to run towards miles. Like I really like Milton Williams. I think he only drops 73 because obviously Louisiana tech and again on field, just like Davis. It's not like he's going to show you anything that's super spectacular, but we're in round three. This chance of these guys playing in the NFL are low. So you take talent mixed with good heads mixed with, they can play. We just need to bring that best out of them. Are you good with Milton Williams crazy here? Crazy ass athleticism. So yeah, Williams for sure. That's absolutely. So we're walking himself. away with Quiddy Pay, Davis, and Milton Williams. Most athletic draft class, I would assume. <laughs> it's amazing, and we have our pick. So, um, I mean, for cornerbacks, I think it's either Joseph or uh, scroll down a little bit. Or I really like St. Juice to be honest. Yeah, but St. Juice. Here's what I would say. I know that the bigger need. I'm still just hear me out. I know the bigger need is St. Juice and the cornerback and his size and his ability is absolutely elite. Mm-hmm. I just want to bring up my boy, Brady Christensen, my favorite my favorite offensive lineman in this draft, being slept on. This is my um Pearl Pearl Pert from last year. Matt Pert. Oh yeah, Matt Pert, yeah. Christensen is going to move inside to a guard. There's just no way he plays tackle. He projects perfectly into an outside zone running scheme offense. So I'm not saying we're going to draft him here, but I'm telling you now, last year it was Jordan Elliott. I think the Browns will draft Brady Christensen if he drops to the third or fourth round and they have extra picks. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to take him. But I I think that Callahan's going to be in. Hey, hey, I need another one. I need another giant white guy on my offensive line. (laughs) That's, That's just whispering in his ear. So we, um, I mean, we've got 
another pick coming up at 110. I mean, I'm fine with Christensen here because I'm I'm gonna guess that St. Juice will be on the board at 110. I bet you any I bet you we could walk away with him uh, at that next pick as well. Are you good with Chris? I mean, so I wrote an article on him. You can find you can find it at atbsports.net. He allowed three pressures last year. Um, I, I think it might have been one sack, zero or one sacks, but he's allowed like one sack over the last two seasons combined. Zach, well, I mean, Wilson was one of the most protected corner yeah. uh, quarterbacks in in the country last year. So this guy, so realistically, and I'll tell you why I focused on him on this mock draft article. Mm-hmm. Antonio or Teller are gone. Or or Tretter. God, one of those three, probably two of those three. Yeah, I'd assume at this wide. point you have to you have to pay Teller and let Batonio walk. He's just Batonio is very elite. But if Teller puts up another season like last, and he can stay out of injuries, because injuries are a problem. Batonio's never injured. If Teller gets injured, you just let him walk, I think. I don't think you can pay another guy. I mean, I know you can't pay another offensive lineman. You've already got three highly paid offensive linemen. You, that's the max you can have really if you want to have a whole team around them just depth in general like you're not you know yeah. you're not getting through a whole season with no. all five guys playing no. 17 you know 17 games like there's no. just not gonna happen and so. realistically in four three or four years i can see nick harris and brady christensen like starting on this offensive line like, i was I, just gonna say that like i'm not just gonna say that like these are they're drafting for a specific like they stefanski's here for the long term like they're not just playing cards anymore like they, they know that this is going to be it, so they're going to draft around him. Can we, can we take him? I, I love it because I think we God. can get one of either Kelvin Joseph or Saint Juice at one ten. I'm going to guess Saint Juice will be on the board for sure. Look at Joseph still on the board too. Unbelievable. So yeah. I, if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, Andrew Barry, and I know this is our mock draft, but I think if Andrew Barry's picking here, Joseph out of these, um, let's see, really just the top four should really be in play. Out of these top four, what? St. Juice get picked? No, he's right here. He's at the bottom. Oh, God, thank you. I just, I went right past that. I went right I think out of these, you know, top four or five guys, Kelvin Joseph has to probably be lowest for them. I know that that's the biggest potential, but I think that, I I think that they want some, they, they want a calculated, we can probably start him right now kind of guy. And that's, that's St. Juice to me. He's older. He's been more consistent on the field. What were his grades? He had a 72 last year. Okay. I can't see the two years before. Um, Thomas Graham is very good, but it's, it's, it's risky again. I, I like St. Juice here, but I feel like you're just – I don't know if you're just trying to be nice or if you're disagreeing what I'm saying, but I feel like mostly what I've said I've been able to pick. So I want to hear – why you would take Joseph? Um, I guess the what's the best way to put this? Um, the, I mean, we are in the fourth round, so like this is where you start to take risks. Yeah, I, I so a value. Uh, you know, having Joseph, I didn't think he'd be available at pick one ten. That's for sure. Like, there's no way. Um, and then I guess just the and that's a good summary that you can see there from Pro Football Focus about his roller coaster season. So. Like the um, the reliability, like the stuff that he does well, he does really well. And when you know he's not having a, a roller coaster, an up and down game, or whatever, um, you know, he's. I think he's a solid prospect. I don't. He obviously has flaws. That's why he's available. At, you know, at the 110th pick in the draft, 
Um, but as far as the uh, his ability goes and his upside, I think he is somebody that has, um, you know, ability to, I guess, put together like a solid rookie season, second year season, and and you don't have to rely on him, you know, assuming the health of some other people, which for the Browns is not, you know, that's, we shouldn't just assume that like Greedy is going to be perfect and Delpit and everything else. But, right. but as far as the secondary goes, you know, if you add a guy like Joseph where you're like, look, we don't need, um, you know, I don't need you to start. I don't, I just, you, you, you're going to play some specific downs and distances and things like that. You know, I think that's uh, someone that you could definitely use. But um, what about wide receiver real quick? Anybody like, cause this would be, in a I feel like, I feel like I'm not, we're not stretching on the defensive backs, but also I feel like, I don't know. You know what? You know, like I like Kelvin Joseph's value there, but it's almost yeah. like, is there something else? Dylan Moses and cool. Kerry Vincent Jr. were picked two picks before. Those would have been the two guys I were on. I really, I really yeah. like Kerry Vincent Jr. and Dylan Moses. You know, a lot, loads of potential. Yeah. Rogers is yeah, I here. Just, I I don't yeah, understand I mean, why he's dropping so hard. He was so highly, so highly I touted. Think it's size. So I think it's his size. I, I we don't, don't need he, size. We need a. We need. We need someone with electricity with the ball in their hands. I know, and that's why. Like I, so we're trying to just you know absolutely hit Jin and make this perfect. Like I think Rogers here makes more sense because I still think St. Juice will be if St. Juice is on the board at one thirty two. We just insta you know yeah. just run the card up instantly. So so I'm okay with a guy like Rogers here. Maybe even Palmer if you like him a little bit more. No, honestly, I would say second favorite is Darden here. Um, okay. Super small, but I mean, he might be a little bit more electric than Omari Rogers, but I think Rogers is a little bit more durable, Just, stout. He's yeah. been in those games. Uh, that's well, the other thing. You could draft a guy well, from Clemson. You're getting a pro-ready guy. Like they know what they need to do. Um, absolutely. So, and wide receiver, you know, it's like there's a realistic chance that, you know, both uh, Landry and OBJ are not on the team next year or the year after. I mean, it's it's a need for sure. So I think if they um, don't take Bateman, one of them stays. St. Right, Juice is there. The yes, per- done. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. St. Juice so. to pick 132. So we have 169, 211, and 257 remaining. Um, if there's a trade, I would say... If we see two guys we like, I wouldn't mind trading up here. I also wouldn't mind trading back into um, next year if you know we can get a right. decent deal. So right. just scrolling through, guys I really like. I really like Tonga. I really like him. I like his size. I like BYU's guys. Don't know if we need him right now. Um, I like Darden, but you already you just got Rod. We just got Rogers. We've got um. The kid that we traded with Titans. Good God, why is my mind breaking? I'm like thinking of JJ Nelson. I know it's not JJ Nelson. It's um a little speedster. We traded two years ago for him. He's a return. Yeah, regardless. I, why can't I think of who this is? Interesting. I'll tell you in a second because I'm looking up the Thank Browns you. depth chart and we have. Oh, apparently they no JoJo Natson, not JJ oh, Nelson. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan Switzer. Ryan Switzer is going to play like a very Jarvis Landry mini role. I, I'm excited for that. Uh, wide receiver room is very good right now. Adding Amari Rogers to this, you know, probably puts him at six. He'll probably slide ahead of Hodge at some point. Something like so. What 
with Hodge, something tells me that we're just not seeing something because when he's on the field, he's performing really well. I don't know if it's maybe he doesn't understand, you know, the I, I, I don't know. I don't get that. But um could be the mental side of the game that you're yeah. that you're alluding to. That's a good point. So what do you like? Point. I'll tell you another I do like um, um Elijah Mitchell here. Just yeah. I honestly I like I can never pronounce it. Sherwood too. Uh, I like Coons. The safety. Actually, can you flip it to safety? Uh just the position? Yeah. Curious if um we did see we saw Sherwood, yeah. Guessing yeah, that's who are you looking for? Um uh what's his name from uh Missouri? Um uh your your guy. Uh, yeah. And get to we talked to him we talked about him a little bit on that uh episode, but uh Your Northern Iowa guys drafted. Tyree Gillespie, back. that's the one. He's gone for sure. Um what about running back? Can you just flip it to running back real quick? Yeah, because that's I mean that's gonna be a position you need, whether or not you need to draft one though, is Mitchell, you're Luka's, right. Mitchell stands out for sure. Yeah, I like Ramondre Stevenson as well. I think is somebody that stand out a little bit. Ojibian Hawkins is very interesting at this point because he he's another kind of do everything sort of guy. Uh, yeah, you could you could split him out wide, have him play wide receiver on some downs from the slot. I think that we look um, back at this at two eleven and two fifty seven. And then how about uh yeah that's a good idea. What about tight end? I'll check uh oh, yeah. Sure. Nothing there. Nothing there. The book's still available. How funny. Let's see. I, I, I like Bates a little bit, but I don't want to draft him. Uh, just, you know, Quentin Morris, you know, tight end, Bowling Green. Never heard of him, and I went to games, so that's weird. <laughs> um, I guess we can look at offensive line as well. Uh, I we like did, Van. Yeah, I like Van tackle, but... Don't mind that. Yeah, I think uh, Christensen gets moved to guard almost right away yeah. good point you already said that too good point um yeah i i, I don't know i overall value here i mean any what you know who who stands out to you in this i think jonathan cooper topic. stands out as a guy who you kind of probably are never going to get big upside yeah. um i just i mean as far as the position goes too i feel like we've kind of addressed things that we you know are quote unquote needs or whatever so um did get Davis, so we don't have to worry about line. They're not. I don't. I don't think they draft two linebackers, especially if Davis is one of them. So, um, but yeah, I don't yeah, hate Sherwood, Jamie Sherwood. Yeah, he stands out a lot to me. I really someone I really liked um, watching him watching through the safety. So you think I could, he could put him at the top of the list for this pick for sure. Okay. Yeah, six two, two hundred twenty pounds, Just monster. I mean, incre- absolutely incredible. So, uh, fits the Joe Wood style hybrid linebacker yeah. safety role. I like it. I, Damian Sherwood. Yeah, that's a nice. That's it. Feels like Woods would be some. You know, he'd come flying up and be like, "Yeah, let's get this guy. I want to get this guy." Free so. trades available. Um, so th- I don't think there's much room for the Browns. Like, yeah, I these, would like to know. Do, almost have to punt on these picks this year and just get everything for next year. Like you give I up two eleven to get a fourth round, you know, or next year, a fifth round next year, something like that. So, so. I think, let's see. We could trade back to 224. Like, I, I like Elijah Mitchell a lot, and yeah, I kind of want to try to get him. I was just going to say that. But if do we want to wait? I mean, the Texans okay. seem like a team that might take him. There are a couple oh, the teams. Texans have, 
Well, no, because he's not a uh, 29-year-old running back that's been on five teams. So the te- Houston won't be interested in that. That's you know sure. what? This is a point in the draft where trading back, it has to be for value. I so We see a guy that we like. We see our guy. You just want to draft Elijah Mitchell? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Being I an really extra like Elijah round Mitchell. Pick or fifth-round pick next year would be great, but if we lose Mitchell because of that, that would piss me off for sure. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell can play. Uh, he can so, play, and he'll get oh, oh boys I mean, there. Big, yeah, Jamie and Hawkins stands out for sure. Uh, ben Mason from Michigan, uh, the tight end. That's not bad. Let's see. Uh, might as well take a look. Some Ellinger take, stands out a little bit. Uh, I mean. Yeah, take Ellinger. If Ian Book's on the board, you could take. Book. Yeah, there he is. Book. Um, I don't see anybody else that. I guess we could take one more look at wide receiver specific, but I don't know. I mean, I, I what if you're a JV and Hawkins fan? I mean, like, so we draft JV and Hawkins. He's listed at halfback, obviously, but that's a guy that can play a very Duke Johnson esque role. Um, so you know, especially say, God forbid, Cream Hunt or Nick Chubb go out, you can play Nick Chubb or Cream Hunt with Hawkins on the field as well. And obviously, you're not going to run Hawkins between two guards. But what you can right. do is a little um, zone, zone, outside zone runs. He will thrive in that role. He'll thrive in a slot. He'll thrive in just uh, running routes outside the backfield. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I don't see them drafting two running backs. But also, like, what else are you going to do here? You're taking speed. Yeah. You're taking a talent. Uh, two running backs does seem uh, unlikely, but the considering what Hawkins, his versatility, like you're almost not really getting another, like he's not really a running back. Um, the, the His, you know, his ability to line up in the slot to be that sort of a quick twitch, you know, uh, he, like I don't want to compare him to Rondell Moore because Rondell Moore is obviously, you know, much better, but like he, it's, it's that type of, you know, player that you're hoping to get where you're like, look, I want to, I, I need a versatile player that I can do, a couple different things with and um not only attack the field like vertically but horizontally like just spread teams out you know what i mean like get them this is like a jet sweep guy where you're like let's get this defense flowing in the wrong direction so we can do other things that feels like a stefanski type um you know like the way he likes to run his offense obviously to um you know get uh move baker in the pot you know get him free and get him running around so So i'm looking um, at this list and it just mm-hmm. looks like Hawkins is the quickest guy, fastest guy left that jumps out. And at this pick, like, even Mitchell to an extent, like, we're drafting special teams likely players. Hawkins, I don't think he returned in college. Um, this is a guy that almost 100% returned for his high school football team, though. You know, the Browns don't have a true returner right now. It's It cannot be Donovan Peoples-Jones for the future. He just doesn't have it. And if you're a returner, like, you want your returner to be smaller. You want him to be quicker, mm-hmm. lower to the ground. Um, so, and uh, we're, hopefully, you know, we put out a little description with this. and Maybe we'll tweet the mock draft and tweet why we took players. Hawkins is our special teams guy um, who could play, you know, 20, 40 snaps in the season. A lot, halfback. And Elijah Mitchell is probably a... Uh, you know, a special teams guy too. And just like Kadero Hodge, like he's drafted as a wide receiver, but he's a gunner now. And, you know, these guys can still learn to make tackles. You know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. Like realistically past round five, shooting in the dark, like you're pissing in the wind, you know, you don't know what you're doing. 
I mean, it's absolutely so. Yeah, I mean, if it's not Hawkins here, any any anybody else really stand out to you? Anyone else that you, you know, n- not even receiver wise, just any you know any position. I would just say cornerback, safety, wide receiver, running back, and try to get that guy. Really, Cut. this, yeah, this is a guy that I saw a tweet about just a ball wow. hawk, but six two one seventy. How funny! Yeah, I'm good with Hawkins here. Yeah, same here. We could do that. With that. Okay. All right. So. Oh, we got. Okay, deep, they did not like our uh, two running back picks. Interesting. Right, so I'm not gonna look at their their grades because. I don't I don't care that much. Okay. Um. So like, see with this draft grade here, dropping back four to get an extra third, I think that's an A plus. Hundred percent. But you get it. You get a few. You get a uh, depth on the offensive line to move back four picks and still take Quiddy Pay, who we would have just taken a twenty six. So, and that's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, the, I'll, I'll, the trade is amazing, though. For yeah, sure. I'll I'll read through what we got for those of you not watching. So Please. what we started with was we traded our first round pick to the Bills for their first round pick, which was twenty six for thirty, and then we also got their ninety third pick. Um, with the thirtieth pick, we took Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Then at pick fifty nine, we traded back six spots and received a future third from Jacksonville. So we traded just out. We traded out of the last pick in the second round, basically, Hmm. to pick up their first pick in the third round, and then also their next year's third round, which will likely be around the same area. So big pick there. With that pick, we took Jamar Johnson at sixty five. Then we took Davis out of Kentucky at eighty nine. Just an absolute freak. And we took Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech at 91. That's one of my favorite picks of the draft. Then at 93, we took Brady Christensen out of BYU, listed as a tackle, likely go to a guard. Love that pick. One of my guys. At 110, we took Amari Rogers. I love that pick. Getting a wide receiver at 110 that can, you know, he maybe never turns into anything, but he's very toolsy. I hate that word, but he's toolsy. He's quick. <laughs> he's uh, got a lot of electricity. At 132, we took Benjamin St. Just uh, out of Minnesota, 6'2", 200, something like that. Highest-graded highest senior day one-on-one corner. Um, at 169, we took one of John's guys, Jamie and Sherwood, uh, just an absolute hawk in the backfield. And then at 211, we took Elijah Mitchell uh, at running back out of Louisiana. I'd say he's more, you know, we picked him for Nick Chubb or Cream Hunt's departure. You know, he just might be something. And then at 257, we took JV and Hawkins running back out of Louisville, which we know two running backs seems really unlikely. Hawkins isn't our running back in the NFL, likely. And those are two guys that can't play special teams because of their speed. So... Overall, we ended up drafting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys and acquiring a next year's third in the draft. Mitchell, yeah, it's uh, this is a really nice draft. If, if everything fell this way, this is exactly what happens next weekend. Uh, I would be way thrilled with this. I mean, absolutely incredible. So some of the value, you know, getting, I mean, we were thinking you going back and forth between Jamar Johnson and Jamin Davis at 65. We took Johnson and then Davis is on the board at 89. So we got him anyways, getting Milton Williams at 91. That's, that's incredible. Um, extra third round pick from the, from the trade. So we landed at, you know, a future uh, offensive lineman tackle guard 
Um, so you get depth there. Rogers is fantastic. I mean, just, you know, someone that from day one, even if he's not like a, a superstar, like he's a, he's a, a route runner, like he knows what he's doing. So he can get on the field right away and just be like, yeah, I don't, it's not going to take me nine, 10 games to figure out where the hell to go in this offense. Like it's, no. he should be good from the start. Um, St. Juiced, great pick. Sure. What I really like um, just, you know, bigger safety and somebody that uh, Woods can really use. Sure. Wood and then Davis Mitchell, on the Mitchell. same team. Oh my God. I mean, Mitchell, um, what do they have him listed here? Is five, five, ten, two, fifteen. So, Elijah Mitchell's good. I, 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 yeah. And I mean, somebody that you're like, okay, this like that's a big dude. That's a guy who, even if he doesn't end up, you know, we're not like it's probably not going to be Chubb's replacement. You know, where you're like, oh yeah, three years from now, this is a you know he's rushing for seventeen hundred yards a game, but like he's definitely somebody you can get on the field instantly and. You know, with that kind of size, um, you know, and speed combination, like he's really good. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Hawkins at the end, like I said, just, you know, little guy, 5'9. What do they have him listed at 190, something like that? 5'9, um, 196. So, but like just so, so useful. So, you know, you can just put him in so many different positions and versatile. Like it's an offense like Stefanski's where, you know, you're not you obviously you're running a lot of uh you know two wide receiver sets and you're doing other things you know you've got multiple tight ends on the field maybe you've got a couple of running backs you got other things going on hawkins is a player that can you know uh be extremely useful to someone who's as creative uh with their offense Stefanski is so yeah um all in i mean love this draft absolutely love it you know there's um i feel like every every pick that came up we just you know got was like there's three guys we could take here and we love all three of them and you know even with some of the trades moving down a little bit so but yeah really good draft yeah hawkins uh, is fun hawkins had a four three six forty um <laughs> oh, i'm, I mean, I'm showing i've been showing highlights hey look at that i mean that's just breakaway speed breakaway speed um also he's like jogging john look at what uh Look at what is the first tweet when you look up Elijah Mitchell. No. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this year's James Robinson. Love it. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely love it. Those are two absolutely great picks. Like, I, I can 100% foresee both those picks happening. I don't care about the running backs. Don't matter. Analytics. Running backs do matter when you're drafting them at the end of the seventh round. Like, that's insane. Insane. So... You know, if Elijah Mitchell is a good, a, just a good NFL running back, he already overvalues what Nick Chubb brought you with the 33rd pick or 34th pick in the NFL draft. There's nothing against Nick Chubb. One of the best running backs in the NFL. Honestly, one of the better Believable. running backs we've ever seen in the NFL. Like, that's just not talked about. But no one's, we've never seen this like type of elusiveness, speed, and strength all in one. We just really never have. No one ever talks about that because he's just quiet. It's like Mike Trout. But um, at as a running back, there's only so much you can do to change the course of a game. You do, his best games, we've lost. So it's tough. So as a running back, if you can get them in the seventh round, it's absolutely huge. It's a you know, it's it's a it's a no brainer in my opinion. And I don't think Hawkins plays running back in the NFL. I don't I don't know if you think he ever like, plays any snaps there. 
bit. He, you know, like a like like think of him like a Tyree Cohen type of guy where you're like, yeah, he might play running back, but it's going to be sort of a satellite role. Um, and then, like you said, line up in the slot, line up, you know, put him out wide and do different things with him. So just he's a mismatch. He's a nightmare. He's the guys like, you know, when you you know they're in man coverage and you you know you um, uh, motion him out and you see a linebacker on him, it's like yeah, good luck with that. That's we're gonna have a lot of fun today. So for sure. But yeah. All yeah. in all, this uh, love this draft. Uh, really, really good. I will say, if at sixty-five, Aleem McNeil was there, or if at fifty-nine, Aleem McNeil was there, I wouldn't have traded back. Yeah. Just one of those guys that uh, the reason we traded back at fifty-nine is, and the reason we traded back at twenty-six. Sorry about that, people. Um, this is huge. If you have a multitude of guys, and you're so let's we had. We had four guys that we liked at 26. We're dropping back four picks. So we're getting one of our guys. If those two were on the board, yeah, then I'm like, all right, I'll risk it. I'll move, let's move four back. Cause if I, if even if pay gets taken and we end up with Jason Oway at 30, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's a coin flip with those two. It's why I think the Browns will trade back or even out of the first round is that I think that with this, I think that with how weird this year has been, that they're still going to work just like normal. Like they're going to use two years ago into heavier consideration than some teams would like. And it should be, you should very much focus on the 2019 season. If they have tape on that, because like 2020 was weird for good or for bad for some people. Um, And I think that they're going to have a multiple multitude of people that they can choose from. And I've seen some people say, that you know they don't want to trade back from the first round because hey we we're in Cleveland like we want to make a splash day one. I say this with respect. I don't think that Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry give a flying shit about what you think and about whether or not it's going to be loud the night they pick. Because here's what you should do: if they trade out of the first round, <laughs> clap it up. That's respect. They're not giving in. This is not. They don't. They don't want your cheers. They want a Super Bowl ring. I 100% believe that. Yep. And so and does everybody in Cleveland, that's for sure. Drafting at 26 um, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but if they trade back, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, if you, you know, in our scenario, we traded back to 30 with Buffalo, so you're still taking the player you would have drafted at 26. You get the extra pick, obviously, uh, which we used in this draft. And then the other thing, you know, which obviously the structure of the NFL, you know, the... Um, first round picks, you know, you have the fifth year option, like having a guy like Quiddy pay under control for five years on that rookie deal. Like if they want to exercise the fifth, you know, your option, like that's so, so valuable. So it's so cheap straight out of the first round to get into the second round. You just don't have that option anymore. And not that it's terrible. I mean, maybe you get better compensation or, you know, you get a second round pick next year or something. And that is worth it to you. But, but to move back four spots, uh, pick up an extra third round pick, still get the guy you wanted, and now he's you know you have the chance to control his contract for five years. Just incredible. So, I think the I, only thing that if if you can get um you know you get drop in the early second round, you know like thirty seven would be about my max thirty seven thirty eight probably. Um, you got to get their third round pick at that point if you're dropping that far back, and then yeah. also a future second, future third maybe because you know the fifth year is nice, but like if you could have. Uh, Jason Oway in the second round for four years, and then next year you get 
another guy as good as Jason Owe. You know, like so that that is obviously the devil's advocate to what you just said with the fifth year option is you get two guys no, of that caliber instead of one for five. J- Joseph Asai, that would be oh like, yeah, that's my target. If if that's my line of thinking, like I don't mind dropping from twenty six and somewhere into the second round. It's like I bet you, you know, you're sitting there going, Osai will be on the board. Yeah, still get the edge player we want, and you know, pick up a couple extra things for the future. So yeah, that yep. would be he'd be on uh, in my cons- the top of my consideration as well in, in that scenario. Yep. All right, John, we have ten seconds until an hour, so I'm ready to wrap it up. You got anything else to say? Oh, man, I just was six days away from the draft. Can't wait. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Chandler, you know, is going to come into town. I'm, I'm, I live 15 minutes away from downtown Cleveland. You know, we're going to be down there for the draft on Thursday, uh, Friday as well. Um, maybe even Saturday too. parts of it. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll have some, uh, fun content, whether we do, you know, quick little clips, videos, something like that, like when the Browns pick, um, whatever, we'll figure something out, but definitely stay tuned. Uh, obviously, you know, atbsports.net is our website. Uh, check out the podcasts across the Browns, across the board. Check out the YouTube shows. You know, don't forget to subscribe, uh, like everything, uh, you know, and if, if you do, obviously, um, we'd really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, just tell a, you know, tell a friend, uh, you know, about the uh, show and say, uh, especially if they're Browns fans, hey, these guys, uh, they don't, they, they seem to, you know, at least know what they're talking about a little bit, even if it's, you know, sometimes we have to reach for, uh, the sixth receiver on the depth chart, but, mm. uh, you know, luckily the internet helps out, but, but yeah, nope, that's it for me. So, uh, as always, uh, thanks for, you know, uh, tuning in. If you're listening, watching, whatever, we really appreciate it and, uh, go Browns as always, man. Yep. Stay safe, everyone go Browns. All right.